Welcome to Anthropology of Girlhood, a girlhood podcast about the Wilson brothers. I'm Alexa Ray Hack. I'm a comedian and storyteller, and I use she, her pronouns. My name is Micah Silvern. I'm an elementary educator, and I use they, them pronouns. Today, we are talking about Wes Anderson's 1996 Bottle Rocket. This is the directorial debut from Wes Anderson, so things are like super weird and out of order. This is also technically a bonus episode, so don't get mad. That it's weird. It's because uh, it is. Don't watch this movie. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. And it just like two white boys from suburbia are bored and commit crime. That's, that's the plot. That's the plot. Nothing bad really happened. Well, one of them goes to jail, but he seems pretty cool about it. Yeah. That's that's it. You can follow us at Twitter at Anthro267. Please leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps so, so much. And as always, thank you. So I was saying that it's tricky to be a femme and also to feel like a non-binary person. Yeah, totally. While also definitely being drawn to what some people would describe as one end of the gender binary. I feel that. I definitely feel more drawn to the masculine side, um, which has been weird because my summer clothes are not masculine. Right. But people don't really get the separation of presentation and gender. Right. And having to explain that all the time is exhausting. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was talking to some of my new coworkers and I was like, I think I'm more obvious than I am because like, I'm always hyper aware of myself and everything. Mm -hmm. So like we were talking about how some of the kids are like, I've got a couple boys who like to wear dresses, but are boys and Mm -hmm. like, will be very adamant about like, nope, I'm a boy. They just like dresses. They just like dresses, which awesome. Wonderful. Love that. And like, I was told by one of my new coworkers, it's a very gender fluid school, which I, my immediate response was, well, as a gender fluid person, that makes me really happy. (laughs) Like this is a good fit. And they were like, Oh, you're non-binary. And I was like, Oh, Oh, you you weird. I'm wearing a crop top. <laughs> and because, but because you have a beard. Yeah. So many people just read you as a masculine person. They just read me as twice. like a femme masculine person, uh-huh. which is cool. It's cool. It's cool that we have created a culture in which that's just a thing that people don't question. That right. They're just like, oh, yes, this is just a man who w- wears crop tops. But I'm definitely not a man. Right. Exactly. And the fact that I keep getting identified as one is kind of soul crushing. Yeah. Because no, (laughs) no, I'm not one of them. Yeah, that's fair. Masculinity is very interesting. Masculinity is unfortunately attractive to me and is something. That is truly unfortunate. (sighs) I like, I I had a TikTok call me out. It's like, are you really into men are you or are you just seeking their approval (laughs) which i had to sit with for a minute and then i had another tiktok the next tiktok was like some shirtless guy cutting wood and i was like no i'm i'm into men (laughs) fuck i can't just write this off don't i don't get the yeah it's just because i'm not into men i've seen that wood splitting guy i know wood splitting guy and 
he's not my favorite. He's I, I get it, but he's not he's not my go to. It's been very it's, it's also just not my type. Yeah. Then, you know? I just don't care for like muscly Dorito shaped men. That's not my vibe. Yeah. I'm more about vibe than body. <laughs> and like I mean that's true. Especially with men where their personalities can be so terrible. Yeah. That you you meet one who's like cool and nice and can have a conversation and it's like you could look like a shoe if you could hold a conversation. <laughs> God, I miss having conversations with people. I don't know if this is a Midwestern thing, but no one here knows how to flirt. Yeah. It does seem weird. Like, most of my opening lines have been, you're cute. I like your style. Your glasses are cool. How am I supposed, like, I know. Thanks. What is that? How are we going to have a conversation from this? Let alone, like, the, hi, hello, how are you? Like This is why I'm telling you, people need to... Take a note from neurodivergent people and fucking practice an opening and use the same opening all the time. Right? It doesn't matter if it's stupid. It literally just has to start a conversation. Somebody asked me on uh, Tinder the other day, what conspiracy theory do you think has legs? That's a good opening line. Right? And I was like, this is brilliant. Like, I don't really fuck with conspiracy theories unless... It's about the U.S. government trying to destroy some beautiful thing that a community of color built, and then I will believe literally anything. Yeah. Cuba, Venezuela, like Fred Hampton and the Black Panthers and the Rainbow Coalition, like uh, Martin Luther King. I will believe the government did any shady. If you tell me the government did some shady shit to destroy a beautiful thing, a beautiful worker utopia that some people of color created, yeah, I will believe you 100%. Yeah, gender's a weird thing. Gender's super weird. And it's like, I feel like if we lived in, if it was, you know, 20 years from now and we had all, like, successfully as a culture, like, deconstructed gender to the point where, like, everyone is allowed, every individual is allowed to express themselves in any way Mm -hmm. and identify in any way without anyone batting an eye at that then I'd be totally comfortable telling people that I'm a woman and I use she, her pronouns. Right. But we don't live in that world. No. And so I don't know what to do now. (laughs) Because like, yeah, I guess the, I'm, I guess, yeah, she, they is the answer, I guess. Yeah. It's not a great answer, but it is the correct one, I think. Yeah. They, them has felt weird as of late not he him doesn't feel awful it's like nothing it's you know whatever but like i don't know they them just feels like every time i say it it just feels like it feels heavy and Mm -hmm. it feels like it comes with a lot more like i think that has a lot to do with like the cultural baggage yeah it's definitely the cultural baggage more than gender Mm -hmm. which is frustrating totally which we were having this conversation yesterday because hr decided to call queer queerness political which like it shouldn't be shouldn't be like my existence and my choice of pronouns shouldn't be a political statement right and it's so stupid that we are the one group who simply 
like acknowledging exists constitutes a political statement. Right. Like if someone said there are Muslim Americans, no one would be like, rah, 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 you can't say that in schools. Rah, 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 rah. But like just saying like queer people exist. Can't say that. Oh, can't say that in a school. Oh my God. What if a kid hears you and the kid who is obviously gay realizes that's a thing they can be and they don't spend their entire life tortured, their entire short, probably self-ended life tortured. Yeah. I'm just so fucking sick of Republicans like literally trying to murder us and calling it fucking like fucking politeness politics. Like, do you know how many fucking kids die by their own hand because we are not allowed to talk about queer and trans people being happy adults. Yeah. And that's exactly what they want. Like, that's the goal. They don't not know. They know. And that's what, that's the idea. Yeah. Like, I know so many of us have been screaming this and it's, we're going to have to continue screaming because people don't listen of there's an act of genocide going on. Yeah. Like, it is not just us going, woe is me. Right. It is there are policies that are and actions that are endangering people and are getting people killed. And it's mostly black and brown people and especially black trans femmes that are getting murdered and abused and trafficked and all of this shit. And like just for existing. Right. Not even like there's no other. Not to mention like the amount of violence that is justifiable, like a vigilante violence that is justifiable. Like, you know, discounting how many states the mental health like toll that it takes. But like, right. Like you're about to say how many states have have laws where you can use the gay panic defense. Yep. To murder someone if you just say they came on to you and you got scared. Yeah. You feared for your life. Because a gay person was in your like vicinity, heaven forbid. Right. It's just like, no wonder I have trouble getting up every day. I have to like be ready for a fight at any moment about any aspect of my personality. Right. And like I can't just get dressed in comfortable clothes and go do my job like yeah. a normal human being. Right. Because, like, if someone perceives you in the wrong way, they might just, like, take it as an offense and literally end your life and probably not do any jail time for it. Nope. Or, you know, on the good day, I get drinks thrown at me from a moving car. Man, the amount of times I've had, like, shit screamed at me slash things hurled at me from moving cars just because I, like, exist. I was walking home from Pride and I had my headphones on. Like, my big fuck off, I can't hear you headphones. Mm -hmm. And a fellow queer person decided to yell at me that they thought my outfit looked good. But I like I didn't hear them the first time. I just heard screaming after I passed them. So I just like held up my middle finger and kept walking. Yeah. And they fucking fucking they like came around and like yelled at me again. I'm like. Don't yell at do me from a car. See my headphones? Do you, like what the fuck? Do you 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 know what people usually yell at us from a car? Like it's pride. There are people who are out here looking to hurt us. I'm not And that's the thing too is like I truly think that there are parts of the queer community that are so privileged that they don't 
they don't understand that. Yeah. Like, they truly don't understand the level of danger that a lot of us gender nonconforming folks put ourselves in from day to day because they are allowed to pass in public. Yeah. And, like, they're allowed to just be themselves and go to work and also be gay. Whereas for a lot of trans people and a lot of, like, gender nonconforming people, that's not an option we have. Yeah. Like... I like me stepping out the door in the morning is a political statement. Yeah. Like I can pass. I'm not comfortable. Like I don't, the clothes aren't right. right. I can't talk. Yeah. I, you know, like that's the same thing with me too is like if I could pass just fine and then I open my mouth. <laughs> I met some of my students this week um, as we were doing prep week. And the first thing one of them says to me, is just they look at me and go, you sound like a girl. I'm like, thanks, kid. Thanks so much. That's exactly what I needed to hear. I pulled it off well. I did the voices can change, and I changed my pitch all over the place. And, yeah. you know, and then he was like, well, you wear nail polish. Teacher next door is a guy. He wears nail polish. Okay. Okay. Well, oh, fine. I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> fair. I'm like, fair. But he did show me a cool fidget by the end of the That's 20 minutes. Cool. That yeah. That's something. Yeah. So. We got to talk about this movie. Do we have to? We do. <sighs> <laughs> if I have to watch one more movie about rich white men with no consequences, I'm going to pull my hair out. Yeah. It's super duper sucks the way this whole movie treats everything like. It's all just going to work out in the end because they're rich and white. Yeah. It's so fucking maddening. And like I have in my notes towards the end when the like caper stuff starts happening that like this plan only works if this is three white guys. Right. Right. Like and of course, like the one black person that they bring ends up in the hospital. Right. And arrested because he's the one who gets caught. Right. Right. And it's just like, if this were a story about three people of color, they all end up dead. Let's be real. They actually pull off this job because they thought it through. <laughs> They're not fucking incompetent. And they actually plan this crime and they pull it off. There's actual stakes for them. I do also think this movie and a lot of other movies that I've seen that feature young men hit on this feeling, which when we do our men, okay, I was, I suspect is the thing we will talk about a lot, but it seems to be an essential aspect of young masculinity to feel like your life is pointless and you can't, you have no interest in like doing or accomplishing anything. Does that read for you? Because like that seems very much like the central struggle in this movie. And then I'm even thinking about like like every Kevin Smith movie has that vibe too. Yeah, of I was like, gonna say I feel like these it's... young men just kind of feel nothing, and so they have no ambition because. And my here's where my theory comes in is I think it is truly that masculinity is so confining Absolutely. as a concept that men aren't allowed to dream and wish and hope for themselves. They're not encouraged to branch out and think they're, of what interests and what motivates them intrinsically. They're not allowed to be excited by things. Right. When, and when you're not allowed to be excited by things, it's hard to have passion for anything. Right. And I think that's why so many men enjoy this kind of like crime fantasy, the like mob. That's where the mob fantasy comes right. in. And then the like, you know, 
movies like this and then even, you know, real heist movies like Heat or whatever, like Ugh, love Ocean's Eleven. Or Ocean's Eleven, like those movies are very masculine and it feels like crime is one of the few ways in which men are allowed to be creative and excited while also remaining masculine the entire time. Isn't because that there's a awful? threat of violence inherent in the whole thing. Isn't that awful? It's really sad. And like I that's why I want to do a show with men where we sit down a masculine person and say like did this ever did you have you felt this? Did you receive did you get this, this message? Read? Like do you also feel that excitement in watching a crime thing that you can't get watching an art thing because i find that really sad i find that really sad and like and i think that's why i find most men boring yeah is that they don't have they don't have the freedom to explore that way yeah passion is a very attractive thing i think especially when you're neurodivergent especially when you're neurodivergent and i think if you don't have passions that you follow for yourself i don't trust that you can feel passionate about a relationship right and i think that it also shows a lack of passion and a lack of like drive for what you want to go after Mm. shows how much you're willing to work for the things that you want right which is also really attractive which is also really attractive and also gives me because it also gives me a sense of if you want this relationship, you'll work for it right. and you'll put in the effort. I think that's why it's so attractive anytime a man is like into anything. Right. Like anytime I see a man get excited to talk about, like, I don't care, your job, your passion, your art, your board game collection, like I don't care what it is, just like it could be trees. Be excited because it feels like masculinity is so confining that like. Yeah, men aren't even allowed to get excited about stuff. Like, even in this movie, Anthony gets excited about a girl and it's squashed. And he yeah. gets made fun for it. Right, exactly. Like, he should have gotten called out for it because it's creepy as hell. Yeah, it's creepy as hell, but that's a whole... We'll talk, we'll talk about that later. Thing we'll talk but, about. like, Owen Wilson's character is, like, constantly ragging on him because he's, like, getting lost in a relationship and, like, excited about doing one. doing anything. Yeah. Right. And, like, I think a lot of masculine culture is also dragging your acquaintances into your own misery. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, because like, if you aren't doing, cause like, I feel like in a lot of male friend groups, like the moment someone starts doing something for themselves or like they, you know, quote unquote, abandon the group to go do something else. Right. They get shit on. Interesting. And instead of like, you know, how maybe ma- that's why my friends back home don't like me, <laughs> you know, like they would like, I mean, this happens not just in masculine groups. Like I've had yeah, this happen in, totally. you know, mixed gendered and female uh, centered friend groups where like, God forbid you choose to go do something with someone else or by yourself than sit and watch TV with your friends. Right. And like, I know misery loves company, yeah. But like doing things is a lot more interesting yeah. and doing things leads you to be more open about everything. Yeah. And like, I know we've said this on the podcast before and I will drill it into the culture until it is like finally cemented, but it is better to be interesting than interest interested. Right. Like 
you will find so much more opportunity and so much more community if you go and do things. Yeah. If you take risks, if you try new things, if you, you know, follow a rabbit hole, even if it's for a week. Yeah. You know, you find people who will change your life in both for the better or the worse. But yeah. like still, I feel like this movie was very much just like an ode to sad white boys. Yeah. And the fact that they chose to commit crimes because they felt bored. Yeah. Really pissed me off. But like, isn't that basically also the plot of Fight Club? Like, isn't that also basically the plot of, you know, mall rats? Like, you yeah, know, like you're not wrong. This plot happens so much. I'm worried about men. <laughs> Yeah, that's not healthy. That's not okay. It's not super, I want to say, you know? I want to talk about this whole, this movie starts with Luke Wilson's character, Anthony, in some sort of mental hospital, some sort of psych ward. And we learn throughout the course of the movie that he basically, like, checked himself in because he had, like, a single moment of, like, existential nihilism. Like poor baby, literally one moment where he was like, I don't, these people are boring and everything is boring and I never want to do anything ever again. And I was like, buddy, I have one of those when my alarm goes off. Every morning. Right? Like <laughs> life is pointless. Get wrecked, constantly. dude. Like sack up. Like, I'm sorry you felt uncomfortable for a second. And also like how fucking privileged that you could just go out of states to a facility that for a year for a year without because even he had he was sad for a, literally a single instant do you know what i would do to get a fucking year in a residential place oh my god i would i mean some drastic ass some shit. very drastic ass things like come on and then yeah but it's I just feel- like it seems like this whole thing is just a charade to seem interesting. But I feel like that really... To have any kind of, like, personality trait. Right, and I feel like it also really illustrates the male ego of, like, I feel uncomfortable for this, for a single second, Mm -hmm. and that means everything is wrong. Right. Because it can't be me. Right. It has to be... Right. Other people have to feel sad. Right. Me, a straight white man, can never feel any displeasure at any moment. Right. And it's just like, yikes. And yeah, this movie just like, I don't, like there's no buildup or like stakes at all. Yeah. Like he gets out of the hospital and then Owen Wilson's character just has this five-year plan to start sealing things. Yeah. Why? Because they're bored. They're both just bored. Because they're rich and everything's always been handed to them. They've never done any searching or looked to see what it is that they, like, want or need in life. So bake some bread. Go on a hike. Go camping. Walk around your neighborhood. that's what I'm saying. I think that if you did any of those things, your friends would call you a faggot. I mean it. Like, that's how confining masculinity can be. You're not I wrong. I think if you bake a single loaf of bread, a non-zero number of your masculine friends will call you a faggot. You're not wrong. 
And that is not okay. Terrifying. That is so scary. Yeah. This episode is just Iron Man okay. This is. Yeah. I mean, it just is going to happen that way sometimes. (sighs) We got to talk about Anthony and Inez. Oh, my God. One of the more toxic relationships we've ever seen in any movie. It is so gross. She's at work, first of all. She's at work. She makes it explicitly clear that she is not interested in him. And so he follows her around work where she cannot leave all day. He traps her in a room at one point. Like comes into a room she's working on, closes the door behind her, and just, like, stares her down until they kiss. Yeah, it's fucking creepy. And, like, the language barrier alone freaks me out. Like, there's so many, so much, like... Especially because he at no point makes any attempt to bridge the barrier. Right. She is expected to do all of the work to learn English. Right. Which is absolutely ridiculous. If you're interested in her, learn some fucking Spanish. It's not that hard. She's, Spanish is such an easy language to learn. She's got a book right there. Just do the reverse. Right. Because there's like, just it's not just that she's at work and there's a language barrier. Right. There's some like seriously sketchy behavior that like makes it so not okay. Yeah. Like he's in this whole, he's got this whole white savior complex of like yeah you don't need to work this job i'm gonna save you and pull you out of this poverty and blah 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 yeah really gross and then on top of it one he he comes and wants to fuck her while she's at work yeah gross 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 let her do her fucking job so like you could get her fired right you're endangering her job for your dick because like there's no way that Luke Wilson is taking the time, to- taking his time, making sure she comes. Oh, not at all. Zero percent chance that's happening. not happening at all. And then he has the fucking audacity and the like lack of forethought to then pay her five hundred dollars. Yeah, which like now you've just made this woman a sex worker, right? You've you've unwillingly turned this woman into a sex worker. By having sex with her one time and giving her $500, a right. $500 tip. That's disgusting. Yeah, that that is not okay. Like, giving anyone you barely know large sums of cash. Gross. Gross. And, like, I understand the sentiment, especially if if the sentiment is, like, I love you and I'm coming back for you and like we're going to make a real relationship out of this. So tell her that when you give it to her. Don't have your friend hand her an envelope. Or get her earrings. Right. You know, like take that $500 and get her like a nice pair of diamond earrings that like she can actually, you know, that like is a gift. Right. Feels more like a gift and less like a bribe or a payment. Right. Like... And also $500. That's a lot. That's crazy. If a one night stand gave me $500, I would be very mad. I would be afraid of that person. I would. I would block their number. Yeah. I would never see them again. No. I would spend their money. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I would never spend it on dumb shit. too. Oh, yeah. Super dumb (laughs) shit. Maybe get myself a nice new pair of shoes. 
I need a pair of sandals so bad. I hate wearing fucking socks. Didn't we find out Teva gives a bunch of money to Republican Of course they politicians? do. Has Chaco. Or, was it, or was it Chaco? No, it's Teva. Question is, does Chaco? Because... That would be, be a real blow. That would that be we'd a- only have teens left. <laughs> <laughs> Chacos are such a queer staple. Yeah. And Keens are too... The Keen sandals are too heavy for day-to-day wear. Yeah. They're great for, like, hiking, like, wet, dry yeah. hiking, but they're too heavy for just, like, walking about. Yeah. What to gay people who have big thoughts about sports sandals? That's never happened before. Sorry. Teva's soles are too thin and wear out pretty quick. Yeah. At least their foam ones. Their rubber ones last for a while, but... I want. Hawk. I think sandals are just one of those things that you have to buy a new pair every summer. Yeah, especially when you use them as hard as we do. Yeah. So the pair of Tevas I used when we moved out here lasted me. <laughs> those got run ragged. Yeah. Yeah. The shoes that we like moved and like lived in when we were living in the car got wrecked. I had a pair of sports sandals too that were like literally falling apart. I didn't like wearing shoes when I drived, so they were the <laughs> easy choice. I hate wearing shoes when I drive. I can't feel the pedals. Exactly. We gotta talk about this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's like not anything to talk about in this movie. There really isn't. Like it's so plot light. It's all hijinks and bullshit and just sad men that I don't care about. I want to talk about Owen Wilson's character. Yes. Because mostly to ask, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Is he a narcissist? Is he delusional? He almost like, in in moments, he almost has like the kind of like brain salad dialogue style of like a schizophrenic person where like his thoughts don't necessarily follow from one another. He read as manic as hell to me. Yeah, he reads as, like, very, very manic, for sure. Like, the delusions of grandeur. Right, the right. The obsessive planning, the high energy, the, like, so quick to anger. maybe Anthony and Dignan are the two halves of one bipolar person. Yeah. You could where be. Luke uh, Luke Wilson is the depression and Owen Wilson is the mania. And they're just stuck in a fucking car together. So who's Bob? Oh, Bob is the only real person in the whole movie because Dignan and Anthony are both in his head. Bob is the bipolar one. See, I like that read. <laughs> I like that read. I made this. I suddenly just made this movie like 40% more interesting by literally turning it into Fight Club. <laughs> Bob's the only one I care about. He's the only character to care about in this movie. Because he actually has a fucking history and like some personality and like yeah. a story. Right. Things happen to him. Right. Like, he has a real, he has real stakes unlike anybody else who like... That's what I'm saying. It kind of feels like Anthony and Dignan aren't real people. No, they don't. Because they don't, we never see their homes. Like, other than Luke's, or other than Anthony's sister, like, we never see any of their family or anything. And, of course, his sister has to be a tiny adult while he gets to be a large man baby. Yeah. Yeah, of course. We force young girls to be tiny adults while adult men get to be children. 
fucking piss me off. That's like I have that note that that's every Wes Anderson movie where it like is. adult men get to be tiny babies and children have to be adults. It's and it's terrifying. Gross. Yeah. Wes Anderson, go to therapy. Yeah, you're not okay, my guy. You got some shit to work out. Continuing on our theme of are men okay in this episode, there's the scene where they get into a big fight. Mm-hmm. And of course they get into a big fight. Of course. Because they can't talk about their goddamn feelings. Heaven forbid. And talk about the situation. They just have to go violence. Yeah. Yeah. Because men, men are not allowed a lot of tools in which to like de-escalate situations. They can only escalate. Yeah. And specifically toward violence yeah and like it was one of the few times i actually sided with owen wilson because like yeah you have every fucking right to be mad at your friend who just gave away all of the money you stole to a girl that he barely knows right yeah a total fucking stranger that he just met and had sex with one time and you gave he gave away all of your money like that yeah i'd be pissed too i also would hit him (laughs) right especially after like Owen Wilson's character did all of the fucking like prep work. Right. He like he came has up- his whole plan. Yeah, he did most of the actual like robbery part. He did the brandishing the firearm part. Right. It's just oof. yeah, so dumb. But of course, we can't be like, dude, I'm really fucking pissed at you. It has to be, let me punch you in the face. Right. And yeah, I also just wrote like, you don't. He's not in love with her. He's just bored and he's looking for anything to do. Yeah. This is just, this woman is the first interesting thing that has crossed his path since he left the mental hospital. And he just followed the first, like, strong smell that he came across. And it's like, you can't turn dating a woman into a personality. No, that's not how relationships work. And that's, like, too much pressure to put on, like, a real human woman. She's not a real human woman. She's a Wes Anderson woman. Right. So she has no agency. Exactly. I just have, like, lightning round stuff left. Do you want to do lightning round? Yeah, let's do lightning round. The one thing I did appreciate about this movie is how well the Wilsons played off of each other. And yeah. how well they worked well together. They have such good chemistry. They have such good chemistry. And I do think Anthony's character could have been more depressed especially because we've seen Wes Anderson do depression, depression so yeah. well given this was his first movie right so he like, gets better he gets better but I think it would have like if he had like if he had blown up the depression a little bit more he could the contrast between the two of the Wilsons would have been bigger and I think yeah. would have been more entertaining and right. like more readable right where it's comes off more as like Owen Wilson is manic as hell and Luke Wilson is just bored. Right, exactly. Versus depressed. Yeah, I really think you need to sell the depression a lot harder. And, like, I get that Wes Anderson has this kind of, like, children's book aesthetic and sensibility that wouldn't really, doesn't really allow for him. Although, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking about the Royal Tannenbaums, so, like, I literally can go fuck myself, where he wouldn't talk about like suicide and deep depression but like even in that movie a character commits suicide or attempts suicide but 
we really never deal with his depression no. in any serious way. No. Again, Luke fucking Wilson. <laughs> Is Luke Wilson okay? Yeah, right? <laughs> Be careful, my dude. What I just want to say, like, this gets back to your point about how if this movie starred a bunch of people of color, they would just, like, actually commit the crimes and do a great job. This could have been an Ocean Eleven heist movie. But, like... I just wrote, like, what kind of fucking narc puts all of their crime plans in one convenient place written down as an evidence diary for the cops to find? Like, what the fuck, my guy? Like, rule number one of planning a crime is, like, don't leave a bunch of fucking crime planning evidence that they can point to later in court and say look how this fucking asshole planned this crime especially don't bring it in public on a public bus right on a public and bus. talk about your plans loudly exhibit a an entire like moleskin notebook of the defendant planning every crime that was in fact committed here by are their the blueprints like dude um but again, like, I think that speaks to the fact that Dignan never really wanted to commit crime. He always just wanted to be a criminal. Yes. It feels like Dignan has the relationship with crime that a lot of people have with, like, writing a book. Yeah. You know, he's like, he doesn't want to write a book. He wants to be an author. Yeah. You don't want to put in the work. You just want the credit. Right. So he would just do whatever just to be in prison so that he can call himself a criminal, which, again, I think speaks to the like masculine striving for identity being so strong and so confining that like criminal is the only identity he can see that fits for himself. Yeah, that's real sad. Why rob your own house? Why rob your own house? Is it, I submit that it might not even technically be robbery. I think, although I think robbery implies threat of violence. Um, but like, I don't even think it's technically theft if you're robbing from your own house. It's just taking your parents' shit. Yeah. <laughs> Like, look, look, I get not liking your parents. I get if you have a strained relationship with your parents. You don't seem to have that. We never really talk about your relationship with your parents. All you're doing is sending your friend to pick up some shit from your house. Right. Like, come on. If you were looking for an example of why we need gun laws, <laughs> you could look at this movie. Right. Like picking up a couple of handguns that you obviously don't know how to use in the back of some dude's car. Right. By a couple of people who are obviously clearly showing signs of mental illness. Right. One of whom was just released from psychiatric care for depression. Yeah. Like, come on. All of the red flags. Any amount of vetting would have caught both these fucking morons. Yeah. The way you watch Dignan use the gun should have been a red flag. Right, right. That should be like, no, 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 no. You can't. Nope. No, no. You immediately failed the test. You failed the test. You got to go. You got to commit your crimes with a knife or a broom handle or whatever. These two do commit a crime that is absolutely unforgivable. Oh, I was about to say the same thing. It pissed me the fuck off. It should be a capital offense. It should be fucking. They should be uh, hung by the neck until dead, I, I think. Do not steal from bookstores 
Especially, this is not a Barnes and Noble. No. This is an independent bookstore. How, How dare, dare you? you? Those are sacred. I mean, I don't even I don't even have words for the amount of evil that this is. I think it's that's why I couldn't store. like ever connect with them. Because I was like, no, like you obviously have no ethics. Like you don't steal from small companies. You don't steal from independent places. You go for right. the chains. You go for the people who will have insurance where it's going to cover. Yeah, you're you make it so you're not ruining other people's lives. Right. And, like, I think that it feeds back into white men egos of, like, not thinking through how your actions will affect others. Right. Because. It's only about you. Was this movie supposed to be funny? I think so. I think all his movies are supposed to be funny. Are they funny? Eh, variously. A little. I think the. I wouldn't say funny, but I do think that the, like, overlapping back and forth dialogue between. The two Wilsons can be enjoyable, witty even, but I wouldn't go so far as to say funny. I found it very overstimulating and I couldn't understand half the lines. Mm, That is, yeah, frustrating. Especially because like subtitles do not know what to do when two people talk at the same time. No, and they were both like, especially with Owen Wilson's character, he's speaks really fast mm-hmm. and yeah, so he's got that manic pace where he's just like really giving you all the details all the time he's just like really really giving it to you every single moment You're yeah like, exactly dude, fucking chill and i think like the back and forth was just like too quick to keep up with and like i couldn't read fast enough mm-hmm. and i just found it really annoying yeah that being said bob did have some good lines yeah speaking of bob oh bob poor bob poor bob so Bob comes into a dilemma. He is growing weed in his backyard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, good for you, Bob. Yeah. Growing outdoors in whatever, that does not seem like a good climate to grow weed in, so. I mean, I think they're supposed to be in Texas. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you're fine. Good for you, Bob. Because Wes Anderson and the Wilsons are both, for, are all from West Texas. Ah, that makes sense. Um and this movie is shot mostly in West Texas, so okay. Dallas, Fort Worth, and Hillsboro. Okay, Texas, so. so Texas. I, I guess you could grow weed out in Texas. Yeah, you just need a real good irrigation system, probably. Yeah. Um, but he's also got an abusive fuck of a brother, right? Who manages to get arrested for Bob's weed? Yeah, which is like. Perfect karma. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. If I were Bob, I would let it go and just be like, that sucks for him. I hope. Bob is such a good guy. He's such a good guy. Also, what is Bob's brother's name? Something weird. Future Man. I, I, yeah, I, he, he calls him Future Man the whole time. Never calls him John. We learn later his name is John. But, um, yeah, Bob calls him Future Man <laughs> through the whole movie. <laughs> That's a really stupid nickname. Right? It doesn't even make sense. It's, it's the nothing. Future Man. It's nothing. It's absolutely... It's prob- he probably gave it to himself. Of course he gave it to himself. The only... The last note I have is just, like, a tone note. Because, like, I get that this whole failed, like, botched heist 
thing at the end is supposed to be like a hilarious like comedy of errors. Wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> Did not read that way. Because it just made me uncomfortable. It made I me just so wanted to turn the movie off and crawl out of my skin and not watch this. I hate to see how like inept they are and how stupid and like pointless all of this is. I just hate I just hated every moment of it. It made every single piece of my skin crawl. It was awful. It was bad. It was frustratingly bad. So frustrating. And I I just maybe maybe this will happen someday. Um maybe we will have a Wes Anderson defender come on the show and we will relitigate what is going on in yeah. these movies. Um but he is not here today. <laughs> <laughs> they do not exist and, at the moment. Um, so I just like I, I did not enjoy that part and this movie generally. And I like haven't really enjoyed more than like 20 minutes of any Wes Anderson movie that we've watched so far. Yeah. Or that I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, I used to say I liked Wes Anderson. And then I watched these movies, and I do not. Did you like Wes Anderson, or did you just like Fantastic Mr. Fox? Because I maintain that that is, like, the one good movie he's made. It might just be Fantastic Mr. Fox. I have a soft spot for Roald Dahl. Like, I bet you if he made more children's book adaptations, he'd be good. I bet they'd be good. He has another animated movie about an island of dogs. Yes. I think it's called The Isle of Dogs. Yes. (laughs) I haven't seen it, but it looked cute. Yeah. I bet he'd be good at that. I bet he'd be a much better, more interesting animation director than he is um, a filmmaker. 